One thing about me, I love a fresh start. I love Mondays, I love new months, and of course I love the ultimate fresh start of all, a brand new year. But before we dive into the next year, I always feel like it's so important and such a good use of time to look backwards on the year that we've just completed with curiosity and compassion so that we can take those important lessons and insights with us as we move on. In this episode of Reimagining Ambition, we're talking about reflection and rituals to celebrate our 2023 and move us into 2024. Your relationship to work and your career have changed over the last few years. And that means the same old career advice just won't do. I'm Jen Walker-Wall, career strategist, resume writer, and founder of Work Wonders Careers. If you're looking to ditch overthinking and hustle culture and pursue work and life in alignment with your values and priorities, you're in the right place. Welcome to Reimagining Ambition. Welcome back to Reimagining Ambition. I am your host, Jen Walker-Wall, and I'm going to be honest. I'm considering 2023 for me a flop era. So I am really excited to turn the page. This was one of the hardest years ever to do the job that I have. The job market was tough. People were coming in to the process with just so much that's accumulated over the last few years. And it made doing anything really challenging for a lot of people. And as a result, I spent more time and energy really focused on clients and didn't do much in the way of business development for myself. So it was like the only year that I didn't launch something new or even run that many programs. It's just like a very reactive year for me. It reminds me, I don't know if any of you ever played like sports as a kid, especially like competitive, you know, high school level sports, but I have been thinking about 2023 as a rebuilding year. And the reason this reminds me of playing soccer as a a kid is because, you know, we'd have these years in soccer. You know, I grew up playing soccer and it was like a big deal. You know, we were most of the time pretty good. And, uh, you know, for middle school and high school, soccer really dominated most of my life. And we'd have these years, you know, where you'd win the state championships and you'd be feeling really great about yourself and you'd be like, we're the best. And then you'd have some of your best players graduate or move on. And you'd have to have what we refer to as a rebuilding year. Like you can't actually be the best all the time. You can't be at your best all the time. And so these rebuilding years were always when we had to figure out how to really develop ourselves and get way more aggressive in, you know, not relying on those people who are no longer around (laughs) and really develop your own skills, like aggressively develop yourself as a soccer player and as an athlete. And you had to do all that while not winning as many games as you're used to. So it was like a very like humbling, hard part of the process. But it was always part of the process, you know? It always ultimately led to the team getting better as the individuals got better, people working together, people growing and developing, and ultimately being really competitive again, right? So I've been thinking of 2023 as a rebuilding year. And it's really helped me in a year where I didn't take as much aligned action on behalf of my business, 
really kind of think about how I want to do things differently next year. It's easy in these these moments, whether it's like a bad month or a rough year, you know, it's it's easy to just kind of want to turn the page and to not think about what happened or what went wrong. But when I really look back on this year, I was like, I didn't really do that much. I mean, I didn't really do that much business-wise. Like I definitely showed up and worked very closely with a lot of clients. It wasn't like a bad year for business. It was just a really different year. Around October, I really started thinking about what felt off about this year for me and what I wanted to do to move differently in 2024. So I spent a lot of time looking back, doing self-reflection and trying to figure out how I wanted to position myself in the year ahead, how I wanted to keep doing this work and doing so sustainably. What I want to share today are some personal reflection rituals that I tend to do this time of year. One thing that's become a really fun Work Wonders tradition is we host a retreat every January. And we've been doing this, I think, since like 2020, 2021. It's been a, 2021, must be 2021. And it's an afternoon. It's this last Sunday in January, typically. And it's a few hours of helping people assess the previous year and start moving forward. So it's a little bit of like looking back. It's a little bit of looking forward. It's really to try and help you create some structure around the liminal space of like before and after. So there's always a period of time, right? Where you're thinking about what you've accomplished and what you've not accomplished, and what you want to accomplish going forward. And how we lay the foundation for that is, I think, really important. It's really important to me. And it's so much fun, and it's so warm, and it's so encouraging to do it in a small group where people share that same energy of wanting to move forward and accomplish things, not at the cost of their health, their well-being, or their relationships, but thoughtfully and intentionally. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, please come on over to our event page. We would love to have you join us. We also have an early bird discount. So grab your ticket soon so you can get, get the discount. Uh, it's always like a, a fun, warm, gentle way to kind of, again, take up that liminal space between before and after. This is just to give you a little sense of how I approach this. If you have other ideas, if you have other rituals, I you know, I would love to hear them. But I just want to share what I do at this time of year as a way of both looking back and looking forward. And some of it is really deep and some of it is not deep at all. But I think I think both are important. I'm going to start with something that's not super deep, but is like very important for me. One of the first things I do, I'm talking like typically in October, is I buy a planner for the year ahead. Now, my go-to daily planner is um, the Chani Nichols um, Astrology Planner. I, I love that. October of 2022 is when I first uh, purchased it. So it was the first year she offered it, and I like knew I'm a big fan of hers, and I knew that I wanted to, to grab that planner while it was available, and I really, really enjoyed it using it this year. So in October, basically the first notification that it went on sale, I grabbed it. I'll include a link in the show notes if that's something that's of interest to you. Uh, I highly recommend checking it out if you are into astrology at all. I think it's like a really beautiful, fun planner. So um, I highly recommend it. 
In previous years, I've used things like um, power sheets. I'm not using power sheets this year. I feel kind of conflicted about it, but truthfully, I just there's there's too many good planners out there. Um, and what I like about the Chinese one is it's really like a daily work planner. Power sheets is more of a um, goal planner, if you will. And I actually purchased another goal planner this year that I'll include in the show notes. Now, buying these things is easy. They're both made like independently from small creators. So I like love to spend my money that way. I know buying a planner isn't going to change the world, but there's something about, especially if you've had a hard year, like, like just like the visual, I've had my 2024 planner, like basically on my desk since I bought it. And just the reminder that like, Hey, a fresh start is coming. Like this will end this year will pass. You can totally turn the page and it, it'll happen sooner than you think. I just really appreciate that in a hard year. I get really excited just for the prospect of a new year. It's probably like a mirage of control. I'm talking this through. I'm like, mm, yes, I feel like I can control the new year more than the year that's actually happening. There is something exciting about a period where you get to envision and dream and plot and plan. I mean, obviously that's better than the execution. The execution is always going to be hard, but there's something about buying those planners, especially in October when they first go on sale, where you can just be like, yes, like I'm so excited and I'm going to spend some time really thinking about what I want in the future. So buying those planners and buying them early is a ritual of mine. Another thing that I do is I I do this time audit where I look back on my calendar for, in this case, 2023, I look at my planner and I really try to assess how I spent my time. So a little time audit where you're looking back on your calendar and you're looking back on your planner, just to kind of, you know, even to jog your memory, like you might've done things. In fact, you almost certainly did things you don't remember. And you might want to see like, oh, I don't want to do that again. Or, oh, actually, I really enjoyed that. I want to make sure. So a retrospective of however you track your time or your work, I think can be really helpful because it, you know, looking at that in black and white, you can be like, how do I feel about that? Do I, do I have it all? Or I see, I see what I missed. It's kind of like when I'm talking to clients about their job search and they're not having the kind of interviews that they are expecting or that we would like to see. And you can see, oh, you haven't actually applied for that many jobs, right? And so sometimes that happens. It happens for a whole lot of reasons. But you have to make sure that the inputs are there. Another thing that's really helpful for me and that I start doing pretty early is a, a really thorough decluttering, um, getting rid of things, consolidating, you know, going through paperwork, going through clothes, going through things in the house that like need to be replaced and getting rid of like what's not working is both like logistically, practically and energetically really important. I don't know what it is, but there's something about as I buy, you know, holiday gifts for people in my family, I'm just as stuff accumulates in my house, I become so aware of like what is in my house that it becomes a, re a really natural time of year for me to be like, that's got to go, that's got to go, that's not working, that's not working. And I think it just can help change the energy, kind of another way to like embody, right? A, a physical fresh start. You can just like move stuff around or get rid of stuff. It's not always the funnest part, but I, thankfully I've done it long enough that 
what I get rid of is pretty minimal compared to what I used to get rid of. So if it's your first year decluttering, it might be a doozy. But it, I think once you kind of have less stuff, you'll come to enjoy the process and it'll, it'll get a lot easier. Another thing that I do, uh, another ritual I have is I block off all my planned PTO for 2024. I always go ahead and plan that out. Like not every single day that I'll take off, but like any planned vacation, the holidays. Um, I do a two-week sabbatical in August every year. I take the last two weeks off. My sister's getting married next year, so I'll take time off for that. And again, it's like something to look forward to. And it's it helps, you know, me put my life back into a planning process that work often tends to dominate. So a lot of my planning is about work and managing a business, but it's also about like how to do that in a way where I get to be healthy and happy. And that means not working all the time. It means figuring out what other priorities, learning priorities or growth opportunities exist. And taking PTO is really like how how those other aspects of my life manifest. Something I did this year that was very different for me, this is not something that's been a part of my process maybe ever, is I used tarot cards for self-reflection and assessment and for insight and wisdom on the year ahead. Now, I paired this with a lot of journaling. So the journaling part isn't new. I always spend a lot of time thinking about what I'm willing to leave behind and what I want to bring in. But this year I did a couple of tarot card spreads that were really, really helpful, um, very insightful, and it really shifted everything for me, if I'm being honest. Like I just, I'll talk more about that, I think in another episode, maybe next month, but I think you'll start to see some some tarot-inspired work from me. I pulled pulled cards, did a spread, and journaled about it. And it gave me so much clarity about how to move forward, how to move forward in challenging circumstances, how to move forward with clients who are engaging with challenging circumstances and like how I want to hold myself in these moments where like the work that everyone's doing is important and also challenging. Obviously, I bought a new journal for this because none of the other notebooks I own would do. And, you know, I just want to say as someone who um, buys a lot of notebooks and planners and like kind of encourages other people to do too, I used to feel kind of guilty and silly about it. But now I realize that like a blank notebook is a powerful thing. It is, it is a way of starting over. It is a way of giving yourself a fresh start. It is a way of finding some peace and solitude and agency when you're doing hard things in hard times. So now I'm just a shameless notebook buyer. Um, although I'll say I buy fewer and fewer and I buy like higher quality notebooks. I'll include a link to one of my favorite uh, stationery stores that's woman owned here in Massachusetts. But you know, you probably have your own. If you're listening to this, chances are good you have your own favorite stationery store. And so I really, just like I find buying a new planner, like that blank notebook is important to me. And it used to be something I thought was silly and kind of goofy and there was something wrong with me. But really, if I'm having a hard time, I'll just go buy a blank notebook. Like I need I need some kind of evidence that I can start fresh. And 
blank notebook pages do it for me. And in the scheme of things, it really doesn't cost that much, right? There's much more costly decisions I could be making. One thing that has surprised me is how much the journaling habit has stuck. I have not been like a consistent journaler um, really ever. Like I've just been like someone who needs to process internally and like externalize it somehow. So a lot of my notebooks are just filled with random thoughts from random days and there's no continuity. But this notebook that I bought in October with my new planner, I've actually, I write in it several times a week. I also bought markers. Um, this is going to sound kind of silly, but like one of the reasons I don't write in journals a lot is like my hand freaking gets tired. So I bought these like zebra click art markers so I can write much more easily. I have things like color coded in there based on sort of the topic and it's been really nice. And I find that the more I journal, the more I have to journal about. I don't know if that's like a comment. I haven't journaled long enough to know if that's like normal, um, but it's been so helpful. And tarot cards have been inspiration and some direction, which has been great. Um, I also obviously love astrology for that. Um, and I use the Chowning Nichols um, deck of plenty, which you'll probably see me post on my Instagram story, which, stories, which are just like these really lovely, wonderful mantras. I've also done like a lot of visualization and meditation work this year that's new for me. It keeps me off a screen. And I think that that ultimately is what reduces my anxiety, if I'm honest. Like all of these sort of like analog activities, like a deck is paper. Journaling is paper. Like I'm not on a screen doing it. Sometimes I'm using my phone for, you know, the sound or audio or whatever for, for the meditation I'm doing, but it really gets me off my screens. Like I'm not looking at a screen the whole time. I'll just say spending less time on my phone, having a, a regular reflection practice. It's been very powerful and effective to just like really hold space and make meaning of that. And it, it, it reminds me, it, it, as I'm saying this, like it's kind of a parallel with what I've seen in my clients for the last few years, um, what I've seen in my clients this year. I had way more Elevate clients than I normally do. And if you don't know, Elevate is like my highest commitment career transition package where we do the exploration of like what you might consider and walk you through our process for that, as well as like repositioning all of your, you know, your resume, your cover letter, your LinkedIn, all of that um, for a different direction in your career. And that was one of my most popular, like I've had more Elevate clients than I've had in quite a, a long time, maybe ever. Um, and what a lot of those people were bringing were really big questions around navigating work. Um, and so in some ways, I feel like also that's been me. <laughs> I have also been doing that this year. Uh, I don't know if that happened organically or if it rubbed off on me, but things have really shifted for people. And in many ways, they're still shifting, right? Like there's still sort of like a cascade of things that are happening now that happened because, you know, 2020 played out in the way it did. And so we're still, we're still very connected to that. I think we're very connected to that chaotic energy. And I think we're still dealing with the chaos of 2020. There were a lot of people who kind of got through 2020, maybe landed a new job, a really well-paying job, and still found themselves like really challenged for one reason or another. It didn't align with their values. You know, it wasn't a healthy work environment. 
Um, and so I really see a lot of what's happening right now as like there's a straight line from 2020 to here uh, to where we are and probably for better or worse where we're going from here. I found that there was a lot of heaviness this year. I found that it was hard for people, not everyone, but a lot of people to move quickly and efficiently and effectively. And that's really why I just think of it as a rebuilding year. So maybe it was a rebuilding year for you too. The last thing on my list that I think is most important, really important, uh, an essential component of the things that I've listed here is I talk to friends and peers about this, about, about the end of the year, about the year ahead, about my insights, about how I'm generating those insights. Um, and that is as important as anything else. Like, I'm not sure how effective it would be to just jot these things down in my journal and know them for myself, like really talking them through with friends, with other business owners about how, how I will embody a change in the year ahead is really, really helpful. It's always helpful to have other people's eyes, you know, on your stuff, like to get some support with your work. And I belong to a couple different informal groups of business owners that where we meet, you know, monthly. Um, and we talk about talk about problems we're having, we're talking about things that are going well, we share tips and advice and work through stuff together. And so I really, really value those opportunities to be in community with other people who know my values, who largely share my values, who are witness to my wins and my woes. Wins and woes is something we talk about in our community a lot, right? So I really feel like this is best done as a relational process. Like I do not think most people are suited to initiate transformation in their work and in their life all by themselves. And so that is something that's a really critical part of this process. I would love to invite you to join us for our winter reflection retreat day. This is a day where we have some guided self-reflection that is supposed to help you assess your year and set yourself up for success where you can start to articulate some goals for the year ahead that you have on your mind or that you're excited to pursue and get some support for thinking a plan of action through. And it's also a place where we tend to discuss where we're feeling stuck, where we're feeling challenged. And while a lot of times this has to do with work and career, it really doesn't just have to do with work and career. So this is one of our programs where we're really looking at work in relation to your life. And so if you have work goals or you have goals about better work-life balance or better sort of optimizing your time and energy outside of work, we really focus very holistically on how to set yourself up for success, how to figure out what you want, what you need, how to make those changes, whether they're big or small, and sometimes they're smaller than you think, and how to do so by leveraging support and resources so that you can avoid overthinking and unnecessary stress and burnout. I will include a link to our events page. We would love to have you join us in January at our winter reflection retreat. Thank you so much for joining me this year on Reimagining Ambition. We have more good episodes planned for 2024. So enjoy your holidays, enjoy your downtime, and we'll see you back here next month. Take care. 
Thanks for joining us this week on Reimagining Ambition. While you're here, please hit subscribe or follow and make sure you always get our latest episodes. And if you'd like endless gratitude from yours truly, please consider leaving a review. It really helps our podcast attract new listeners. If you're looking for a hands-on career, job search, and resume support, well, that's what we do best. Come on over to workwonderscareers.com and learn how we help mission-driven professionals like you make career moves that matter.